Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Praise the Lord. In a moment, we're going to dismiss our students, the beach kids. Just uh, we got to go back there and switch the screen real quick so you guys can join us in person instead of looking at the screen who are on us online. We do that so that everybody can see the words without issue. Sometimes they're a little small back there when you're looking on a screen, but they're a little larger. So uh, we do that. Thank you, babe. We do that so that everybody can see that. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss our students with the Fusebox kids this morning, or Beach by Beach kids this morning. Um, we're going to be in the, in the hub today. So got a special time for them today. So amen. <laughs> She's asleep. She'll get up in a minute. <laughs> Nanny will get her. Come on, Escalito. Sugar the money. She's tired. There's one thing, if my preaching doesn't put him to sleep, my, uh, the singing will. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate you all for uh, worshiping with us today. Uh, if it's your first time with us, we're, we're excited to have you here with us today. We're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. That's why we gather. It's why we try to uh, do so. And so every time we get a chance to do that, we're thankful for that. And we're thankful for you for worshiping with us today. Uh, We're going to get into God's Word today. We've been going through uh, Healthy Home as a church. And uh, we have available um, books out there. If you haven't purchased any yet, uh, we have Healthy Home and we have Healthy Church, which is a series we did uh, before this one. Uh, after this, we'll be doing healthy relationships, um, healthy organizations, and then healthy expectations uh, to, to round out this series, which will probably take us in the next year, beginning of next year. Um, so the healthy relationships, we're going to try to get that ready to come out in September. So we'll be pushing through. We'll take a break during Christmas and Advent, <clears throat> and then we'll go back into it uh, when we get into the first of the year. And so uh, today we're going to continue on with uh, the topic of, of the next chapter, which is uh, Pier 365. Now, um, I want to try to add some context to this title. In the book, I do read the book, and so uh, I want you to make sure that uh, I want to make sure that you are with us in that. And so, there are seven different types uh, of ways you can use the word peer, uh, not P E E R, but seven different ways you can use the word peer. Uh, we're going to use it in the context of uh, when you're building a home, uh, the structures that you put underneath of your house, if it's, it has a crawl space and it's elevated, the structures you put underneath of them in strategic places to keep the house from falling down. Uh, those are called piers. Uh, we have piers down at the oceanfront where you see people can walk out on them, they can fish. Uh, there are piers that you can use to look out to that extend over the water, uh, but in the context we're going to look at it uh, from this perspective today. And so um, as we look at it, I want us to think about um, the whole concept of 365, right? So if you go down here, there's like pier, what is it, 15? 
different peers uh, in different ways. Um, and so when we think about that, um, that's the whole idea of 365. Now, you guys know when you see the number 365 that that is talking about a particular cycle, right? So we have 365 days in a year, right? So think about that when you're thinking about building a house. How important is it for that foundational part of that house to be there every single day out of the year for you, right? Is there ever a day where you want that structure? We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, well, I'll preach until the mic goes off, and then we'll, we'll just close it. <laughs> um, at all times, we want those peers to stay where they're at, right? And so I want you to think about that in the context of the consistency with which we need to pattern our lives and our homes in a way that God can bring stability, God can bring consistency, and he can avoid, we can avoid all the hardships uh, that come with um, the imbalance of what, what comes with that, right? So in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 goes on to say, Do not be conformed to this present world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. God, I pray today that you would cause your Holy Scripture to come alive to us today, that your words would illuminate in our hearts, Lord. We believe that everything has been written for our learning. And so, God, grant us to do your word, to hear it today, to read it, to mark it, to learn it, God, to inwardly digest it so that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we can embrace and ever hold fast to the blessed hope that we have of everlasting life. We thank you today for Jesus. We know that it's only through him that we can come to you. And so it's in his name we pray. Amen. The first thing you see when you connect to Romans 12, 2, is this concept of renewing your mind. Now, that invites us to look at a very important concept when it comes to the human brain. Um, the doctors and scientists have discovered that there is a term called neuroplasticity, and that basically is your brain's ability uh, to kind of reshape itself, uh, remap itself, to, to learn new things. And, and so the older someone gets, you know, there, there, are, there are phrases where it says, you, know, you can't ever teach a dog new tricks, so the older someone gets. Scientists say that their neuroplasticity diminishes, right? Uh, now, that doesn't mean that uh, we are incapable of learning new things or remapping our brains when we get to a certain age. And think as believers, it's actually the fascinating part of what they're finding is that people are actually learning and developing and able to remap their brains. And so part of the neuroplasticity is uh, our brain's tendency to develop neuropathways, right? Now, in our brain, those neuropathways... Uh, become kind of a path that is worn because that is the, the place that we go to, right? So, for instance, they use the study to determine someone's tendency to be negative 
or someone's tendency to be positive, right? So pessimist versus optimist. And what they've learned is that if someone is consistently pessimistic, uh, then they develop these, these neuropathways that are almost like uh, an interstate towards that part of their brain that connects to those negative uh, thoughts. And likewise, if somebody were to be optimistic, then they would develop those neuropathways in their brain that would cause them to be more inclined to go that route. So the fascinating part about remapping your brain is that if you have unhealthy tendencies, if you have unhealthy thought processes, if your mind is oftentimes going in thoughts and, and, and entertaining those thoughts that you know you shouldn't entertain, uh, you have the ability and there are ways that you can kind of remap your brain. But it's not easy to do because it takes determination and it takes commitment. But as believers, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated that science is revealing truth that we know the Bible says that we can renew our minds, right? That we could, we could have been, you know, a person who was negative, somebody who was pessimistic, who was always in chaos, whose life was full of poor decisions and unhealthy behaviors, but Jesus came in and redeemed us and made us new, and now we are walking in a totally different direction, and our minds are being renewed. We're not conforming to the patterns of the world anymore, right? We have that blessing and that assurance as believers, and that's what the text is is teaching us today and what I want to focus in on in understanding these foundational moments, right? Pier 365, that's the pier that you want to connect to. You want that foundational truth that the Lord is sovereign, that he is, he is your Lord and he is your king and he is sovereign over our homes and sovereign over our lives to be the foundational point in our homes that never changes. Right? The Bible describes building our house. And if we build our house on the sand, when the waves of life come, it's going to fall and crumble because that house wasn't built on the rock. But if we build it on the authority of God's word, and we put our lives on who God is, that even when the life brings us trouble, it will not fall because it's been well built. And so what does this teach us about life? It teaches us that we have choices. You guys know you had choices today? You had a choice whether to come here or not come here. You had a choice whether to eat that second helping for breakfast or to not eat that second helping for breakfast. You had the choice when a circumstance arises in your life whether or not you are going to choose this way or choose that way. Right? All of us have choices. And sometimes we choose uh, the path of least resistance. And if you have developed unhealthy behaviors uh, and, and thinking mindsets in your life, then you will probably go to where is least resistant. But that isn't always the best path forward, right? And so for us, we have choices today. And those choices go a long way in helping us figure out where we're going to go. And so the thing about walking in victory and the thing about uh, walking in health and letting God be the foundation for our lives is that he can cause our lives to be so good and pour out his spirit in our lives so much so that we will want to praise him, we will want to rejoice, we will want to lift up his name even if we are not feeling the best physically. Even if our lives are in chaos because we have built our lives on him and we realize that all those other circumstances in our lives are just opportunities for us to lift up praises because those things change, right? Life changes, circumstances change, but God never changes. We serve a God who endures forever, right? So we have a choice today. Are we going to build our lives on the Lord? We're going to build our homes on him, 
or are we going to allow circumstances and outside forces and internal forces and all the challenges that come with building a house on the Lord? Are we going to, are we going to do that or are we going to cause it to overwhelm us? So today we're going to look at some biblical foundations for consistency. We're going to look at the benefits of consistency. We're going to look at um, the practical strategies and some practical strategies that you can do. And then we're going to end with looking at some of the challenges because anytime you try to start something new, there's always challenges. There's always hardships, right? Especially if you're breaking patterns that are, that, that you have, that are well seated into your lives and into our homes, breaking those patterns. Now, once you break them, it begins to have the opposite effect, right? So as much as uh, you may have perpetuated in some sort of chaotic, unhealthy life choice, if you begin to walk in a healthy way and your home is running a healthy way, it begins to change the course of those lives around you, and it begins to do the opposite. And it begins to bring consistency, and it begins to bring uh, strength in those moments, right? So let's look at some biblical foundations of consistency in the home. When we think about uh, legacy, it's important because uh, legacy matters. And so when we think about this in our lives, we have to know that God is trying to reveal in us patterns that he will uh, build on. They're not just for us, but they're for people that come after us, right? So Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus was teaching the importance of consistency and integrity. And so he used the uh, parable of the wise and foolish builder. Right, and he talked about how uh, there is a wise and there is a foolish builder. And in doing that, he challenged us about consistency and putting his teachings into practice, right? Somebody who hears the word but doesn't do it is like a foolish builder, right? But somebody who hears the word, receives it, puts it into practice, builds their lives on it, that's a wise builder. Somebody who's building something that's going to last. The Apostle Paul consistently modeled this principle and he encouraged believers to imitate his example. And he said to stand firm in the Lord. One of the things that make uh, foundational uh, points in our lives so important is that they are supposed to be the anchors that keep us moving, right? That keep us going in the right direction. It's not just um, something that we add to our lives. It is the very foundation of what we are, who we are. And that is the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic uh, faith. If somebody is intrinsically uh, in, 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 in committed to God, it is because it is part of them, and they don't just come and do and the things that they participate in are not just so they can reap the benefits from it. It is an outflow of, of something that is part of them. And so that is an important truth for us, and the Bible encourages us to do that. The Bible also uh, tells us to um, connect to our actions, that we need to provide a solid foundation for life, which is why Proverbs says not to lean on our own understanding, right? In all of our ways, acknowledge him, and he will make our paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? We could think about ways to do things, but his way is best. And we need to understand that the writer to the Hebrews encouraged faithfulness when he wrote to hold fast to the confession of our hope, to not lose sight of it, to not let it go, right? So there's biblical foundation all throughout the Bible to show us why we need to be consistent in living for the Lord. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that discipline was required to stay focused on the goal of eternity. Jesus told his disciples that obedience was the sign of their commitment. And in thinking about that, so we got consistency, dedication, we got obedience, commitment, all these things. 
But then the writer to the, to the Hebrews said that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So now we're not just um, supposed to be consistent and committed and, and obedient to what God's told us to do and to stand firm in it, but now we have a great cloud of witnesses that are around us. There is a communion of saints that we, we know that we are not alone. It's not just within the body that, that meet on a regular basis, but it's also with all those that are around the throne of heaven. Because when we come together and we worship and we break bread together and we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, all this stuff points us to the fact that we are not alone. We are not alone. You may feel alone, but we are not alone. We are, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And we are worshiping here as they are worshiping in heaven. And as we are sustained by the body and blood of Jesus here, they are worshiping and they are eternally sustained because of Jesus' work. And that's our hope one day, that we're going to spend eternity with him. And that's a blessed hope that we have. And so there are biblical foundations that teach us that we need to be consistent in building our lives on him. But did you know there are also benefits? You always want to look at that, right? Uh, when, when you start something new in your life, what are the benefits, right? And you've ever done like the pros and cons list where it's like pros, cons, and you and try to weigh out all the different reasons why you should and shouldn't do things, right? Oftentimes we use the pros and cons list for silly reasons like, should I get that 12th nose ring or should I get that tattoo of uh, my ex-girlfriend's middle name on the top of my eyelid, like pros, what are the pros and cons of that, right? Oftentimes we use it for those reasons. Instead of how should I, how should I live for the Lord, right? What are the benefits if I give God everything? What are the benefits if I devote my life to him? What are the cons of me living a life that brings him glory and honor, right? If we did something like that, you'd find out real easy that there, there are immense benefits to living for the Lord, and there are immense benefits to having consistency in our lives. So let's look at the benefits of consistency in the home. The first thing that it does for us is that it creates a sense of stability and security. And that is an essential component for healthy emotional and psychological development. If you know that rain or shine, that your home is built on the Lord, then even if you get earth-shattering news, it doesn't change what happens in that home. Now, it may adjust it, it may alter it for a time, but it doesn't change because that house is built on the Lord. Now, you may be in a situation today where you don't have children or you may not have a spouse. You may be living with a roommate or you may be preparing to uh, move in with someone or to share a home with someone. These truths can be individualized and then they can also be connected to a home because at some point we're going to interact with somebody in close proximity and to know that we have a, a benefit to consistently living for the Lord and letting it, let him be Lord of our lives, not just in our gatherings, but in our homes. And so it creates a sense of stability and security. A consistent environment helps people feel safe and reduces anxiety and stress. But the last thing we want in our homes and in, in those places that are supposed to be safe for us is anxiety and stress. But if we're consistently living for the Lord and dedicating our lives to him, we'll begin to see those moments minimized in our lives. Secondly, consistency encourages healthy habits and routines. <clears throat> you know, all of us have habits in life. We all have things we do when we start our day. We all have things that we do throughout the day that are our routine. We have routines in our service, right? We call it liturgy. It's the things we do every single time we gather. 
There are things that happen all around that are, that, are, that are habits, that are rituals. The problem with habits and rituals is that if we have bad habits, then we just perpetuate those bad habits. And the reason why it's important for us to not just rely on those habits and those rituals, but to incline our hearts and our minds and our ears to the word of the Lord and to spend time with his presence is that he will reveal to us the areas of our lives that are not bringing him glory and honor. And he will begin to instruct us on how we can develop healthy behaviors. Because if we don't change some of our healthy behaviors, then we will just, our unhealthy behaviors, then we will just continue to walk in an unhealthy way. But again, I said there's a choice. So if we want our homes to, to be healthy and we want uh, to be consistent in that, then there needs to be a consistency in what we are doing in the home and doing in our personal lives because it encourages healthy habits and routines. Consistency builds trust and respect among family members or just among people in our lives. If you know that someone is consistently going to be committed to living for the Lord and that he is their number one source, then that is a source of comfort, a source of strength, something you can grow to trust and respect. If you think that you're surrounded by somebody who is always negative, who's always complaining, whose life is full of chaos and is always in the glooms and is full of misery, chances are we're probably not going to spend a lot of time with that person because who wants to walk around in doom and gloom and misery and, and, and everything is as woe as me all the time? Now, if you say, I don't really have anybody in my house like that, you're probably that person. <laughs> now, it isn't always the case, but it's possible that if everyone around you is positive, you're probably the negative one. <laughs> but something happens in our lives, and we have a choice to make in those moments, right? Because our circumstances do uh, dictate sometimes how we feel, right? So if I feel bad, and I know that there are tendencies in my life to, to walk in unhealthy thought processes, to walk in unhealthy ways, uh, do I surround myself with people who also are that way? Or do I find people that I can be encouraged to, to step out of that? Because ultimately it's, do I want to walk in health or do I want to stay where I'm at? And if we want to stay where we're at, then we will always stay right there. And if our thinking and our mindset is a certain way, then we will always be that way, right? So if I want to do more for God, and I want to, to walk in a way that brings him honor and glory, and I want him to be Lord in my home, I want him to be Lord and sovereign over everything I do, and I want to put him first in everything that I do, then i got to be willing to make some, some choices to change some of my habits. Because if what I'm doing isn't drawing me closer to him and isn't providing an environment and an atmosphere for him to speak to me in a powerful way. And if I am not becoming more and more full of the victory and the joy that God has provided for us as believers, then what is going on, right? Now, what does victory look like? Victory doesn't look like I think sometimes we think it looks. When Paul wrote to the believers in Corinth, you know what he said? He said, I have been in suffering. I have walked in suffering. I have walked in so much suffering that I thought I was going to die. We all thought we were surely going to die. right? If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul is saying, we thought that we were going to die when we were in Asia Minor. We just figured we were in so much suffering that it was coming. But we learned something. We learned that God allowed us to suffer so that we could comfort those in their suffering. God was with us. He comforted us because he's the God of all comfort that gives us peace. But he allowed us to suffer. That's what Paul was saying to them, so that we could comfort you in your suffering. 
Now, that's some interesting dynamics because we live in a world sometimes where we want to give somebody the benefits and say, hey, if you do this, you'll never have any issues. But that's not what victory is, right? Victory is, you know what? And this is why people, I think, sometimes don't get the victory is because they base it on the outcome, right, instead of, uh, of the person, right? And so if we know who God is, God never changes. He's the sovereign Lord, king of all the universe, right? He has sent his son to die on the cross so that we can walk in victory today and have the assurance of eternity forever, right? So that is, an, that is a promise that we have. That is why we believe in that there's healing in the atonement. There's healing in, in, in his blood, not just for eternity, but here in this life. But some of that is us being determined, so determined that we want to live for the Lord, that we say, you know what? I don't care if I ever get healing. I'm still going to praise God. And oftentimes you will find that that mentality causes somebody to, God, to use that, that tenacity, right? That tenacity. That you know what? I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to keep living for you because I know that you can heal me and I'm going to cling to that. And I'm not going to let myself fall away from that. I'm going to walk in victory. But if we've never done that before, sometimes that could be a deviation from the way that we've thought. So we need to pray, God, I need you to renew. I need you to give me that kind of mindset, Lord, that I don't let the circumstances dictate my faith. I don't let the situation overwhelm me to the point where I stop living for you. I want to honor you with my life, Lord. And that consistency begins to, to do that. And if we continue to seek that, the Lord will begin to do that because this is what happens. If we develop these patterns in our lives, it promotes personal responsibility and accountability. You know, we all have a responsibility. And if you're living in a house and you're trying to raise children, if you're trying to develop a structure, if you begin to consistently put forth the effort of training people in the way they should go, you begin to see consistency and accountability, responsibility. And so everybody has opportunities to do that. We all have opportunities to do that. Consistency enhances communication and conflict resolution. If you know that the people with you are striving to live for the Lord and all of you are working to, in a way that honors him, then even if you have conflict, even if you have struggle, you know at the end of the day that God is still going to, can, can work through that and can get glory if you both are working towards that. It's very difficult sometimes in those moments of communication if, if the house isn't built on that foundation. And there are some that have to go through that. And I pray that God gives you the Holy Spirit empowered words to say in those moments. But I know that you as an individual can make a difference. You as an individual can make a difference. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where there was an imbalance in the home and there, was, uh, there were some that were living for the Lord and some that weren't. And I've seen because of the faith of individuals believing and trusting God and living for him that God was able to use that and, and move in that moment. And so there are practical strategies that we see in our lives that can help us in all these areas. What are those practical things? Well, part of what happens in a home when you're trying to develop uh, consistency is you have to set clear expectations and boundaries. What does it look like? You know, there are some things in our lives that should be non-negotiable when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. There are some things that we should say, you know what? Uh-uh. That's non-negotiable. We're doing this. And there's no questions asked. You know, there are things that we develop in our lives that we go, you know what? I could take it or I could leave it, right? So, like, for instance, um, are you guys with lemon or without lemon in your drinks when you go to the restaurant? Most of you are with or without, right? You guys are indifferent about it. Nah, I take it or leave it. 
right? And some things in life, we're like indifferent about it. Yeah, okay, whatever, I'll take lemon on the side. Uh, some of us, if we have to drive afterwards, we'll say, no thanks, I'm driving, no lemon for me. But other, you know, sometimes it's like, I have to have lemon in my, in my water, right? I have to have lemon in that tea that I'm drinking. That's a decision we're like, well, whatever. That's not a non-negotiable, right, for most people. There are other decisions that are much more important than that. That when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, that we need to look at as non-negotiable. Because if they are, they are something that we're willing to negotiate around, uh, uh, well, do we need to do that today? Is it important to do this? Then that not only affects us, but it sets a precedent for those around us. That it's not that important. If it if it's not important to us, it must not be important to them. And so, and so you, you set it up. And, and so let me give you a, a prime example in my life that totally changed my perspective in the way that I live my life today, which I know was the grace of God. When I was a young child, old enough to, to be able to communicate and express my desires, but not wise enough to know if they were bad decisions or good decisions, we're teaching our kids that, right? When they, when they give us ideas, they say, I have a great idea. I was like, you don't know if it's great or not. <laughs> Tell me the idea, and we'll talk about it and see if it's a good idea. It's an idea. Just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's great. Especially when there are things in life that you don't, haven't fully figured out, right? And even as adults, we shouldn't just automatically, automatically think, if we think it, <laughs> must be a good idea. That's bad. That's bad, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> We ought to also go, hey, I have an idea. Let, let me just, let's pray through it. Let's think about it. Make sure this is a good idea. But when I was a kid, my mom, one of the non-negotiables for my mother was every time the doors opened up at the church, we were going to be there. And that sounds scandalous, right? But my mom was, that was one of her things. She was non, she did not, uh, if the doors were open, we were going to church. And I used to say things like, you know, mom, I'm sick, thinking I would get out of it. And she's like, no. Come to church, we'll pray for you. Right? Mom, I'm tired. I don't care. You can come here and sleep on the pew. I don't care. You're, gonna, you're coming to church. But I have things to do. You can do them afterwards. We're going to church. Now, going to church, you know, Keith Green always used to say, Christian artist, that going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Coming to church doesn't make us a Christian, but it, it does involve Something in our lives that we have dedicated to God. And that is important because can God speak to us in our homes? Yes. Can God speak to us when we are at work? Absolutely. Do we need to come together to hear from God? No, we don't need to do that, right? That's kind of the, the, one of those things about God that makes him incredible, but also allows us opportunity to kind of abuse his grace. Because God doesn't require that of us. He could speak to us anywhere. He's God, right? But there's something to be said when somebody disciplines their life to dedicating themselves to taking time to devote it to the Lord. It's a pattern that we see in Scripture. When, when the people would gather together, there was no mandate for them to do that. They gathered together, and they called it the Lord's Day. Not only because he resurrected on that day, but it was a day that they dedicated to honor him. And so there are things all throughout our lives and everything that we encounter, but... 
There are certain things that should be non-negotiable. Now, the circumstances happen, and we know that everybody's situation is different. I'm not trying to throw any kind of shame towards anybody. I'm just saying for me in my life, for my mom, that was a non-negotiable. And when I was an adult, I had to make a decision. Mom's not around anymore. At the time, we were going to a different church. And, and so what if, what if I didn't go to church today? What would be the big deal? In my head, I, I can note, my mom, this is, this is what we do. We go to church. Now, again, coming to church doesn't mean anything if it isn't built on, on us honoring the Lord with it. And so there are other benefits to coming to church. We get them all the time, right? You guys just got done eating breakfast, right? I was telling the 9 o'clock group, I was trying to sell them, and I was like, it's the best bread you've ever eaten in your life. And it is delicious. The food is great. And we appreciate the times of fellowship and the times of celebrating together to be able to walk together. All those things are incredible. But coming to church isn't really about us. It's about us dedicating ourselves to, to, to coming together because we want to honor the Lord. We want to worship him. We want to break bread together. We want to continue to devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings. That puts us in line with what believers have been doing from the very beginning. And that consistency matters. And so setting clear expectations. So for our family, uh, church attendance is an important thing. But also praying throughout the day is important for our family, right? So it's taking time to spend time with the Lord. For us, we pray at 9, 12, 3, and 6. Now we pray other times, but those are important times. And so we've got alerts on our phones, alerts on uh, our Alexa. We get alarms in the house. We get, we, get, we get all kinds of updates telling us it's time to pray. And so sometimes there are challenges, though, as we'll look at in those moments. And so one of the challenges sometimes is that your schedule kind of gets interrupted. And you can't always faithfully be there to do certain things. But one of the encouraging things that I have found in our lives is that we've been able to see the fruit of training our children to consistently focus our hearts on the Lord, to be in His house, and to continuously walk in a way that brings Him honor and glory. So one day, uh, I was, it was right around 12 o'clock, or maybe it was 3 o'clock, I was upstairs doing something. And um, the time had just gotten by me. And even though I'd gotten an alert, I was kind of still focused on something. And sometimes those things happen. Well, we got an alarm downstairs, and James came running upstairs into the room. And he was telling me, I thought he was saying that he was trying to play, right? Because I don't know if you know this about James. He's still learning how to speak English. Um, So sometimes he'll say things real fast, and he can't fully. He has to say, slow down, buddy. What are you trying to say? Um, And so... He came upstairs, and I thought he was saying that he was trying to play with Jolene and, and Liberty, but they wouldn't play with him. And so I'm doing something. So I was just like, James, then just go play somewhere else, buddy. If they don't want to play with you right now, just go play and do something else. And I could tell he was frustrated because he was like, no, Daddy, I, 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 it's time to play, and they, they, won't, they won't play with me. And later I realized what he was trying to say is he was trying to say, Daddy, it's time to pray. The alarm went off. And we need to pray. And so I was trying to go get Jolene and Liberty to pray because it was time to pray. You weren't here, but I knew we needed to pray. And so when they wouldn't pray, he was coming to tell me, Daddy, we're supposed to pray. They wouldn't pray. And so afterwards, I was like, buddy, I'm sorry. I thought you meant play, but you did awesome for trying to remember that. So then we got everybody together and we prayed together. And that was encouraging to me because I, I thought we're, we're developing a pattern. Uh, now, some people might say, oh, how rude of you making your child stop what he's doing during the day to pray. You're, you're indoctrinating him and, and putting on. Well, maybe so, right? But here we are in the pros and cons list, right? Uh, I, I, want, I want my children to love Jesus. And if I stand before the Lord for anything else, he's going to say, 
either, you know, you, you, you really tried to put me in their lives too much. You should have let them make their own choices, even when they were five and six. You should just let them do whatever they want. Don't train them at all. I feel like the Lord's going to look at those moments and go, I know what your heart was trying to do. I don't always measure up and meet the, the standard, but that's my heart, right? My heart is for my kids to love God. And so that's a, uh, thank you. I wasn't doing it for, for the, but I appreciate, I appreciate the, 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 really than anything, I just want my kids to love Jesus. And I know that for all of our, our family members, and we want them to love God. And so that's our desire. So everything we do is based off of that, right? So part of these setting clear expectations in our kids is about them understanding there are certain things that are non-negotiable. We have to do these things. And in doing that, you establish routines and rituals, right? You establish things that are just become part of your life. It becomes routine for you to talk to God. It becomes routine for you to read your Bible. It becomes routine for you to pray, to tell others about Jesus. And it becomes a part of your day and it becomes a part of your life. And that begins to build a foundation. But it's important because these are practical ways that we can Build consistency in our homes. Another way is through follow-through. Now, with children, sometimes it's, on, it's about consequences and rewards, right? But sometimes it's just about follow-through in general, about just following through and doing what you know you need to do. So if we say that we're going to set this standard and we're going to do this, then we got to be determined that we're going we're to pursue it above all else, trying to make sure that we do this. And so if our goal as believers is we want to honor the Lord in our homes, we want to honor the Lord in everything we do, then our goal has to be, above all else, we're going to honor the Lord. We're going to give Him what He deserves in our lives. And we're going to do that. If we don't follow through with those things, if we aren't consistent in training our children, in developing those patterns in our lives, then we, we aren't setting ourselves up for a healthy foundation. So I'll talk to you a little bit about choices and how choices are in our lives, right? In the 9 o'clock service, we hit it a little harder. Um, I think I, maybe I just feel like you guys were, were a little better off than the 9 o'clock group. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but in the 9 o'clock group, we, we hit hard about who you, who, the choices you make with the, with the things you say. And so sometimes we think about the power that we have in what we say. And sometimes that means choosing what to say and how, what to focus on when you got things going on in your lives, right? So if there are practical things that we can do in our lives to help us build consistency in our lives, is we need to be better at being a, somebody who gives thanks to God, who praises Him, than somebody who always complains and somebody who always is grumbling about something. We ought to be better at that. Now, how do you express yourself, right? Because there has to be times where we can say, you know, I'm struggling today. I'm, not going th I'm, I'm kind of going through a tough time today. And have somebody that you can talk to. Here's where it matters most. If we are working to be consistent in our lives, then at any point in our lives, we will, we will be somebody who needs others to hold them up. But we will have to be somebody who also needs to be there for somebody who's struggling. And so we got to be ready to be that kind of person, right? Because it's natural for people, if they are comfortable in those unhealthy behaviors, to not seek out people who are going to tell them to change. They're going to seek after people that are going to say, you know what, you're right. I'm not having a good day either. This world stinks. Our lives are terrible. Let's walk in misery together. Right? That, that, 
those people who have those mentalities are not going to necessarily want to break out of that. And so if God gives us an opportunity to encourage somebody, I think that's a healthy way of open communication, right? So if somebody says, you know what, I'm struggling. I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like that I, need to, I can live for the Lord with all my heart. I'm failing. We can very easily go, we have days like that. But we've got to keep on moving forward. We've got to keep getting up. We've got to keep moving forward. That's where the consistency comes in. We may fall short today, and all of us fall short and miss God's moral standard. But maybe we may fall short today, but tomorrow we're going to get back up. You know what? I may have been doing good for an hour, and now I'm, I'm, I'm falling again. Pick yourself back up. The Lord will continue to lead you and guide you. If our hearts are to grow and our hearts are to honor Him, we can have open lines of communication. We want our kids to come to us and tell us anything, as much as it will hurt our feelings. We want people in this church to come and talk to us, and, and we appreciate the transparency that we can have in our lives. But our ultimate goal is always going to be, okay, how can, we, how can we take this, and how can God use this to continue to cause us to grow? We're not going to stay in these places. We're going to continue to push forward, and that has to do with how we understand and how we view God. But it's not always easy. There are challenges. There are challenges in our lives. As much as there are practical things that we can think about, there are challenges as well. Anytime you start something or change something, there's always a challenge. Sometimes those challenges come from the outside, and sometimes those challenges are from the inside. And so what do we do in those moments where it seems like we're trying to live for the Lord, but things keep happening? Things keep skidding in our way, and we keep struggling to move forward from there. I think consistency matters but you got to be at times flexible you got to be able to adapt all right so we pray at nine but something happened at nine and so we couldn't pray at nine what are we going to do pray when you're done <laughs> right nine twelve three and six are just the hours we selected but those aren't the only time during the day that we can pray right all it's doing is training our minds to connect to something in prayer right connect to god in prayer i can't oh man i didn't get a chance to go to go to church today because I was doing something, right? What am I going to do? You know, we have a live stream. <laughs> and you guys can watch us online. You guys can watch us after the fact. And many of you have, right? There's so many ways. If you continue to want to be connected, we will stay connected, right? And that's important. And so you have to adapt sometimes. You can't always be here. You can't always do the things that you know you need to do throughout the day. But we got to be willing to adapt because things happen and life happens. But sometimes there is internal conflict as well. So there's all kinds of reasons and challenges to keep us from doing that. And we know that there's a supernatural element to it where the enemy is going to try to keep us from doing anything for God. Right? Anytime you set out, I'm going to do this for the Lord, everything's going to happen, right? And so that's why we can't be dependent on the, the circumstance. The circumstance can't be what drives us. Our faith in the Savior has to be what sustains us, Right? So I'm not going to let the circumstances get me down. I'm going to keep worshiping him. I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going to devote my life to him in everything I do. And so that's important for us to think about today. I want us to take a few moments and think about what consistency can do in our lives. It can cause us to grow. It can cause us to, to develop healthy patterns. But no one has it all figured out. No one does. It doesn't matter how, we're, how hard we try, right? Brother Joseph will tell you, 
the same kid that I was bragging about wanting to pray at 3 o'clock was taking all the tithing envelopes out before service and taking the pens out and detuning my guitar. And I was like, what are you doing? We were just praying together, and now you're doing this. What's wrong? Well, I, I think Jesus felt like that too at times, didn't he? He was like, can't you just pray with me for an hour? Right? So there's a consistency to it, right? So I, it was a good teaching opportunity for me. Hey, buddy, don't, you know, you, you, you don't do that, right? That's not good. And so we talked about it. So no one has it all figured out yet. We as adults don't have it all figured out. We're still trying to learn things. We're still trying to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We're still trying to get things figured out. And so we just have to stay with it. We just got to keep going. If you're believing for God to move in your family, you just got to stay with it. If you're believing for God to open the eyes of those in your household, you just got to stay with it. If you're believing for God to bring restoration and victory in, in, your, in your family, you just got to stay with it and believe that God is going to do what only He can do. But our jobs are to develop a, a lifestyle and a home that are consistent and that we are consistently trying to live for the Lord. We're not just using God for our circumstances. We are in relationship with Him because He's our Lord. And so the things we do are an outflow of that. And so I want you to think about that today. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I want you to think about it today. So if you could, let's, let's just bow our heads today and close our eyes, and let's just think about what God is trying to reveal to us today. I want to ask you some questions, and I want you to think about it in your heart. How can you better incorporate consistency in your life and home? In other words, how can you better incorporate consistent worship, consistent devotion, consistent commitment to the Lord in your life and in your home? How can we do that? Secondly, in what areas of faith do we struggle the most to remain consistent? What is it about living for the Lord that we struggle with the most? What is it about remaining faithful to Him that we struggle with the most? Because I believe the Lord can help us today. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given us the recipe in us not conforming to the patterns of this world and walking in the chaos that is all around us. He's given us the pattern, and that is to present our bodies as living sacrifice so that He can renew our minds. He can transform us. So what are we doing today? What are some practical ways that we can be more consistent, that we can make the adjustments needed? Is it a schedule thing? Is it a, a desire thing? Do we need to spend some more time evaluating our priorities and get them in line with what would honor the Lord? What is God leading us to do in our lives? And fourthly, what is the biggest challenge to consistency that we have, and how can we adjust it? I think if I were to give each of us a mirror today, we'd say the biggest challenge to consistency is looking right back at us. Our biggest challenge in life is whether or not we choose the path of life or whether or not we choose the path of destruction. Are we going to walk in newness of life regardless of our circumstances? Are we going to walk in freedom no matter what 
knowing that we've been freed by the blood of the Lamb. And we're going to walk in victory, walk in healing, walk in deliverance, even in the midst of trial and turmoil, knowing that our God is able and our God has paid the price for it. And so I want to think about a couple of things. I want us to prepare our hearts today as we get ready to break bread together and recognize and celebrate the memorial of our redemption today. I want us to think about a few things today. And I want us to collect our hearts today, collect our minds for this moment. We've been leading up to this moment. We have a choice to make. What choice are we going to make? Are we going to choose this day that we are going to live for the Lord and that we are going to commit that our homes, our lives, everything that we push our attention towards is going to bring Him glory and honor. And so, Lord, to you, all hearts are open today. All desires are known. Lord, from you, no no secrets are hid. We can't hide anything from you, God. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would cleanse the thoughts of our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would come and renew our minds today, that we could perfectly love you, that we can worthily magnify your name. Lord, we pray today that you would help us. Lead us and guide us, Lord. We thank you for answering our prayers, Lord, and for hearing us today. Lord, let us think today in quietness, in in this moment of solitude. Let us humbly confess to you, Lord, the things that we have done in this life. Our sins, Lord, and our times of rejection of you. Lord, we confess that we've sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Lord, by what we have done and by what we've left undone in our lives, by the things we've chosen and the things that we've rejected, Lord. Lord, we've not loved you with our whole heart, yet you have been gracious to us. Lord, we have not been loving to those around us. And Lord, we're truly sorry and we repent for the times of unkindness and the times that we were unloving, God. But we thank you that for your sake, Jesus has had mercy on us. And he forgives us. So help us to delight in your will today. Help us to walk in your ways. And Lord, you promise today forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to you. So Lord, have mercy upon us. Pardon us. Deliver us, Lord, from all sins. Confirm and strengthen in all goodness. And bring us, Lord, to the place where you want us to be. May we cling to you, God, during this life. Cling to you in everything that we do, God. Lord, we thank you today that we can celebrate the memorial of our redemption today. That we can come down here and partake of these elements and break bread, and Lord, and take the bread of heaven, the cup of salvation, knowing that you have made it possible for us and you set the standard for us on the night that you were betrayed, Jesus. You took the bread and when you had given thanks, you broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, Lord. And likewise, Jesus, you took the cup and you said, drink this, all of you. Drink this. 
This is my blood of the new covenant. This is the cup of salvation which is shed for you. Lord, we thank you today for that. And so, God, we pray today that as you receive this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, that we offer you these gifts today. That you sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And that you sanctify us also. Lord, that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him. And he may dwell in us and we in him. And we thank you for that time, Lord, that is coming where he will put all things under subjection. And he will bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom. And we will be reunited once again. And so, Lord, we thank you today. And we ask today as you, our heavenly Father, you provided for us today the sacrifice. You provided for us the way of new life. We recognize today. And Lord, we pray today as you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Lord, we do not presume to come to this your table, trusting in our own righteousness, but only in your abundant mercies, in your abundant grace. Lord, we're not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same God. You're the same Lord whose character is always to have mercy. You have mercy over us, God. And so, Lord, I pray that you grant us, Lord, as we partake today, that we would be made clean today by his body. And that as we break today this bread, May you be present in our lives the night that you were when you broke it with your disciples. And may we evermore dwell with you today in our lives. And may you be in us, Lord. And may we be in you. And may you receive these gifts, the gifts of God for the people of God. May we take them in remembrance that Christ died for us. And may we feed on him in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving. May you be glorified today. And Lord, we give you thanks. Would you come when you're ready? Let's partake together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God. And everything that you do to help with that brings glory to God. So thank you guys. Take care.